Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. So we have, as I mentioned at the beginning, an announcement to make about about us, about, about purely OCD. Do you, do you want to start us off? Okay, Frankie? Sure. So first of all, have you noticed my surroundings? Um, you're I'm in, in my old. You are in your old spot. Old OG. Yeah. Original gangster. Back, back to the original gangster. <laughs> I love it. Good job. As a, um, special announcement that we have now become a, an official podcast. That is the special announcement. We have become official. Yeah. Uh, we have a website. It's purelyocd.com. So you can, you can check that out if you like. And yeah, I mean, maybe everyone already knew this because it's been up for a while, but this is our formal announcement of it. Yeah. Um, so you can download us on Podbean, on um, iTunes, and mm-hmm. Spot, not Spotify. Spotify. No, 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 Spotify. no. Spotify. Okay, Spotify. Uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, yeah, I think we did it. Thank you yeah. for the congratulations. That is Thank very you. nice. Um, so yeah, so we're up there. If you uh, obviously those of you guys who are viewing us live, um, you may prefer to view us in in this way. But if you're interested in in listening to us rather than viewing us and, and hearing past episodes. You can check them out on any of those podcast platforms, and we'll be uh, we'll be releasing a little teaser that I uh, cut together a little later today. So, yeah, it's a very good teaser. We've been waiting months to do this to tell you guys. Yeah, <laughs> and we've we've been trying to get it all together, um, all of the back episodes and stuff. But they're all up, all thirty-eight of them. How do we have thirty-eight episodes? That's kind of crazy, right? I know. Yeah. How long have we been doing it? A while. Yeah. Since 2019. No, 2020. 2020. 2020. Yeah. It began during the pandemic and it's still the pandemic. So that's cool. Anywho, (laughs) it's not cool. Here we are. No, 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 no. You know, you know. So So, it's just interesting how it evolved organically. Yes. So. So okay. We're really grateful to get to share this with more people. And if, if you enjoy it and don't mind uh, leaving us a, a note on the podcast apps of, of your choice, that would be great just because we want to reach as many people as we can and spread awareness. Yeah. Cause not everybody, you know, has Instagram, but you know, maybe yeah. they, and how long are the episodes? They vary. It's just, we've just 
it's the same as our these, right? We're just taking the audio and slapping them in there. So That's they right. vary from 30 minutes to an hour. So, yeah. That's about right. Yep. Yep. So shall we introduce our topic of the day? Yeah. So our topic on this lovely day of January 3rd, 2022 is New Year's and all the anxiety it brings. Um, yes, you can make suggestions on the topic. We, we welcome any suggestions. Topic. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yes. yeah, so, so, so OCD in the new year, <laughs> OCD in the new year. It's still um, here. <laughs> it is. And the existential type OCD stuff, right. Which is, mm-hmm. oh, it's a brand new year and I have to make it right. And I have to do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two subtypes kind of, they can happen at the same time, which is always a joy. But. Oh, it's, it is a, a joy, really. Mm-hmm. No, but I think you're right. That, and we talked about this a little bit, that existential OCD tends to get kicked up, especially around any sort of milestone that of life. And so here we yeah. are, it's like, oh, it's a new year. And there's all this rhetoric <laughs> around you need to do better this year and you need to make sure to make resolutions. I actually, I don't mind New Year's resolutions. I kind of like them, but uh, only if they're held really gently as opposed to like, you have to do them, Um, which of course the, and uh, side note, although this podcast is not about eating disorders, uh, then the diet industry likes to come in this time of year and be like, (laughs) you need to get back in shape. And yeah. to which I say, yeah, <laughs> a huge raspberry to you, a huge raspberry to you, diet industry, you can bite me. Um, so there's a lot of pressure as somebody was saying that it's hard to, um, necessarily reply to all of the comments in the feed as they go by, but yes, the, um, the pressure that comes with this time of year and being your best self is kind of intense. I mean, yeah, it's really intense. Uh, I love that you can navigate resolutions because I know you can and you do it well Um, because I know you personally. I cannot. I'm still learning how to hold things lightly. Um, So I've learned that it just gives me so much more anxiety and uh, like to do it perfectly, to do it right. Yeah. And then just, yeah, the perfectionism. So then I'll do it for like a week and then I don't do it. And the shame comes in. It's like, you loser. Mm. How could you do that? But I am a therapist and I've gone to therapy most of my life. So then I self-compassion for the win. But point being, I think it is a, you know, it's a really important topic because it impacts so many people, right? Like everybody is being asked, oh, what's your new year's resolution? What's your new year's resolution? And any contemplation that deep is going to likely get in trouble if you aren't. That's true. And what if my new year's resolution isn't right? You know, what if it, it, what if I should be picking another new year's resolution and I'm not doing, uh, this is one thing I will say that I've come up against is in the past is, okay, well, what's the, the, the right sort of intention setting for the, for the new year. I was on a meditation retreat a couple of years back and we had to set our intentions and I was like, 
Uh, <gasps> there are too many intentions to be set. I don't know. Uh, so I had like three oh of them and we gosh. had to announce them. It was, a, it was a thing for sure. But I, I think having OCD or anxiety, yeah, makes that much more challenging to navigate, like you said, and, and getting very hard on yourself if you're not adhering. Yeah. And having too many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, yeah, we want smart goals. Yes. Small, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-centered goals. If it's not realistic, you can't do all the things. And you also can't be like, oh, I'm going to meditate seven days a week, twice a a day. No, we're going to start out with once a week, maybe, or once a day for two minutes. Yes. So Do you know what? That was my New Year's resolution, full disclosure, because I am a therapist who loves mindfulness and, and meditation. And I just could not, I wasn't committing to a meditation practice. So my New Year's resolution last year, which I did pretty well, I think I missed like three or four days. I, I committed to meditating for at least three minutes a day. And you got married. I did also get married. I'm just saying, like, that's impressive. If anyone's ever been married and what a year it could be, right, is like, and among that, you did it. Thank you. Thank you, friend. But I think my point is, like, doing those, to your point, like, making those really bite-sized. We don't need to make it, like, now I'm going to meditate 40 minutes a day, and I'm going to then journal for five (laughs) minutes about my intention for the day, right? Which... Hey, I'm not making fun of anyone uh, for for doing that because believe me, I've I've been there. Uh, but I I think it's just it's too much. Drew says during one of those three minute meditations, I think he's referring to you. Oh, the, the marriage. <laughs> I got it. Yes, I did. I I got married very mindfully. I was like, mm. yeah, and I I telepathically said to my partner. I'm, I'm marrying you now. I do. That's not how it happened. And I, I'm not a telegraph. No. That has nothing to no. do with meditation, but there you go. Yeah. But it was funny. Thank you, Drew. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so well done. And I think when, you know, the days that you didn't meet yourself, those three days, mm-hmm. did you find room for self-compassion? I did. In fact, do you know what? I remembered most of the time it was because I forgot. And then I woke up the next morning. I was like, oh, I didn't meditate yesterday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll simply begin again. That's the, it is what it is. I one time consciously made the decision, maybe two times. I can't remember. But one was on my, my wedding night. I was like, you know what? I've been so mindful and present all day. And I'm, I just, I don't need that tonight. It's fine. You know? And I, so I think having flexibility. We were meditating on the dance floor. That's right. <laughs> ooh, ooh, like a dance meditation. So, Sorry. yeah, that was, I think, having that flexibility, having, not getting stuck in the all or none thinking and what they call the abstinence violation effect, which is where, if you're trying to do something, in this case, abstain from a substance, and then you drink, for example, then there's this 
effort mentality of, oh, well, I've already blown it. So I might as well now just really go to town. And it's the same idea. It's like, oh, well, I missed my one day of meditation. So screw it. It's not perfect. So I might as well just give up. Right. And we see that with homework too. Mm. Yeah. Um, totally. And compulsions. It's like, well, it's already too late. Uh, already gave in. Might as well just really. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm curious if anyone watching has any experience with challenges related to having OCD and making New Year's resolutions or, or this time of year, uh, because I think it would be helpful to hear about other people's experiences too. Um, and we can certainly share what you type. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, speaking on this time of year, I think mm. a lot of people get anxious just that it's a new year and and that a whole year has already passed and time is going really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's not just me, I think, because I get that. But uh, I've heard quite a few people have that over the years. I've heard people be like, oh, my gosh, it's another year. Like, I'm getting older and reflecting on their life. Like, what? And it's like you're missing the whole point of, like, the ball dropping, is just enjoy the moment instead of being lost in um, this gap of where you are and where you'd like to be. Yeah. Yeah. That instead of being lost in self-analysis, that there's this opportunity to celebrate that, that I don't know, we're, we're continuing on. Right. It's like just a reflection of the last year of your life, which usually doesn't do uh, well for me if I'm like really getting in there and like, hmm, how do I want to do this? <laughs> Let's really get in there and, and break it down. No, really break like, down. No, it doesn't, doesn't go so well. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm glad right. a lot of the people who are commenting are saying that they haven't necessarily found difficulty with resolutions. Although one person did say, that they've felt the pressure. And I think that, yeah, the pressure to, to do things, it's almost like we think so often when we talk about OCD about contamination and there's this sense of a clean slate that comes with the new year. It's arbitrary. Right? We can look at it and say like, nothing's really changed, but I think that there's a tendency to want to keep it clean somehow. Mm. And so to, and what I mean by that is to do everything correctly. And so I think the pressure is there to just keep everything right. I don't know. Yeah. I used to get that and I don't know when it, that feeling burned off slowly. I don't get it anymore, but I totally know what that feeling is. I've had it before. Maybe children rip it from you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I I don't think it just happens around the new year though. I think it, and maybe, maybe that's what you're saying. Maybe it goes away more generally, but this idea that there's like a new beginning. Okay. And I, we see this because I made mention of the, the, eating disorder realm and the diet industry earlier in this, we see this when it comes to 
dieting too. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, it's a brand new fresh slate tomorrow. Tomorrow right. I'm going to start this resolution instead of intermixing and, and having, it's funny because I talk about living a contaminated life a lot with my clients is like emotionally or whatever thought wise that you're going to have a life that is impacted by OCD and letting that happen instead of trying to resist it. And likewise, the answer, the antidote when it comes to eating disorders is to, um, it's to allow for all foods to be on the table, so to speak. And so in some ways that's contaminating, right? Like, because we often put things into clean versus unhealthy, bad foods. Um, So anyway, I don't know what, how did I get off on that tangent? No, you're right. I think that it really does, it hits, I think, in, you know, mental disorder realm, it's going to hit them the hardest, that population. Yeah. Right. Of like, yeah, yeah that and, you know, anxiety, just that anxiety uh, yeah. alcove. I don't know what the word is. The anxiety <laughs> alcove. <laughs> and what a lovely place. <laughs> <laughs> the anxiety annex. Oh boy. Oh boy. boy. Right. Like substance use stuff, right? All of it is just right. We're going to start fresh, but you can start fresh every, any day, any moment. And I think using values as a way to kind of guide how you want to do it. I think generally people will just sometimes say things like, Oh, I just want to do this instead of going, well, maybe that's not really lined up with what I truly value. And that's the most important pressing thing in my life, right? Like for me, practicing gratitude has always been a huge part of my life and has helped me in a lot of ways become more mindful. Um, But that's kind of where my head's at and it's always there. It's not like today or on the first. It's like when I fall off and I, I see myself kind of going off of the rails with gratitude practice I go, ah, let's come back to gratitude and let's, let's do this to make sure that we're actually implementing it. Let's take measurable steps to do it so that you do see it through. That's such a good point is that instead of making it an edict of, okay, well now I'm going to be grateful forever, which I agree. Gratitude is awesome. Big part of my life as well, that instead of making it about you know, now I have to be grateful all the time, that it's, it, we see it as a practice. We see it as how can we implement our values ongoing? And so whether that's gratitude, self-compassion, um, I don't know, being more mindful, etc. that if we look at them as practices that we will invariably do imperfectly, then we're not necessarily going to fall victim to, to the problem of all our right. night thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I feel maybe we've, uh, you've been sort of bringing us back to this and I, I keep sort of veering us off, but the, the question of existentially um, what the new year does is, is a really important one. And I guess, yeah. Does anyone who's watching have any, have any experience with this thoughts about this? Do you have any other thoughts about, about the, 
this, the fear, because I think it's, it actually goes beyond OCD. And for people with this subtype of OCD, it's even more pernicious. Right. Like, who am I? What am I doing with my life? How do I want to spend my time? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a vortex of demons and anxiety. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, because, it's, um, again, it's perfect, right? Like, you have to figure out perfectly, absolutely what you're supposed to do with your life. And it has to be the right thing. If It's not a problem to reflect on what you want to do. But. Right. It's just that feeling of just like you're the, the ground falling groundlessness. I yeah. Guess. Well, somebody just mentioned the idea of core fears, which I think is really important because as we talk about regularly on this, on this podcast, it's not about the content. It's about that underlying falling feeling right? mm-hmm. that, that things are unglued a little bit. Um, and, and yeah, actually Dr. Michael Greenberg talks about a core fear singular, which is that I'm going to feel this way forever. And that could be argued, I suppose, but I do, I do think that it does tend to boil down to that. Yeah. I think that that is probably accurate. Although Remember, I had pointed this out. They they are doing research that shows the disgust factor as not boiling down to that. That's so right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for thanks for bringing it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I d- definitely have clients where disgust is involved, and they also, you know, have that the core fear of what if this feeling never goes away. Yeah. Yeah. What is the uh, remind me refresh me on the research what is the other just down? that there that it's like its own it doesn't necessarily it's a feeling it's like a visceral response it's not anxiety it's yeah. its own feeling disgust and, right. and sometimes there's no thought process with it it's just this feeling i guess yeah i don't know mm-hmm. i'd have to look into it again and see the details but very interesting yeah but I think if we go back to this question of existential OCD and, and this sort of existential dread overall, um, that 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 falling feeling when you recognize that that you are finite and hmm. that this process of life that we're in is is moving forward constantly and and uh, feeling the ground fall out from under you, which we feel with all sorts of subtypes, right? You know, we've both talked about that in the context of probably every subtype we've talked about and just making space for the, the falling out feeling is, is the goal. Yeah. I I do think the last two years have been especially difficult for existential type OCD um, and people without OCD, but this idea that like two years has passed and we're, and I hate bringing it up because I'm so over COVID stuff, but here it is. And 
I can't, we can't turn our back on it. We'll talk about it for one second, I promise, and not talk about it after that. But uh, go girl, though. Somebody in the comments said that they, they agree that COVID stuff makes it weirder. So uh, obviously okay. people are, are relating to this. And I think it's important to talk about, even though I totally feel you and but it's yeah. part of life, you know. So anyway, continue. It's here. Gratitude. Okay. So the point being is that two years have gone by and a lot of people's lives have froze, right? Like I think about my clients who are in college or, you know, maybe their first year of college was 2020 and they haven't been on campus for more than a couple months and they're two, they're sophomores now, you know, and potentially going back to online again is like, whoo, that's going to bring up some anxiety um, a lot of grieving and sadness too. Not yeah. to be, I feel like I'm being really a downer right now. You're not. So. No, um, it's just, we're, we're, we're talking about the issues, man. Like it is, it is. Yeah. It's, it's very real though. Um, same with like parenting, right. Is like when the pandemic started, my daughter was four years old. She wow. is now six. That's a big age jump. And uh, talk about an existential mind screw. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. It's like, yeah. where is the last two years gone? I haven't been in an office, neither have you. Um, so, yeah, it can really be like, what am I doing? Like, I need to make sure that this is going to happen. I need to live my best life, right? Like, it has to be the best version because the last two years have been Oh, like we have something to make up for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. More pressure, right? Like if you, you haven't seen your family as much as you would have liked to because of the pandemic, whatever, what have you. Yeah. You get the point. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, I do sometimes find, I think that what you're talking about is probably more common. And at the same token, sometimes there's almost like a free pass because there's nothing we can do about it. And so this sense of, okay, well, it's outside of my control, so I can only do what I can do. And, and I, do you know what I mean? So there is, there's. If you can accept it. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have, you get forced into accepting it. I mean, part of the way I've coped through it and finding acceptance is actually when we started this is, Hey, this is a good way to spend time doing things I value, spending time with my friend, even though I can't see her face to face, talk about other things, helping other people. This came out of, talk about having a gratitude moment. Yeah. It's like I can find, a, you know, this these kernels of joy and gratefulness through the pandemic. But I do think that there are some people who struggled desperately with it, finding acceptance in all of it. And yeah. being resentful and it spinning them out more. And yeah. it's proof that if you don't find acceptance, you will make yourself so, suffer so much. There's so, so much, much suffering there. So much. I just posted something yesterday that spoke a little bit about the, or uh, like somebody else's content on my story um, about the serenity prayer. And... Uh. Yeah. which for anyone who's not familiar with, you don't have to be of any sort of religious faith in mm-hmm. order to uh, 
perhaps benefit from the idea. And so we could turn it secular instead of God grant me the serenity. Like, may I find the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And so I only bring that into this discussion to speak to what you're saying of, of acceptance being so critical in, Mm -hmm. because fighting things we cannot change is bound to make us miserable. There's only suffering. Yeah. There's doesn't change anything because it's something you cannot change, right. which lands us back in the realm of OCD and thoughts yes. and feelings. Right? <laughs> Trying sure to change, change those things is a losing battle. And at the same token, we have so many things that we can control, like how we respond, how we relate to our thoughts and feelings whether or not, you know, we are hospitable hosts and also how centrally they factor in our lives. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of if, if we're, since we did talk a fair amount about, uh, about the idea of resolutions, I, w- I wonder if we can sort of talk communally about a loose intention for the year. Mm. Loose, gently, like a, like a loose clothing. I love loose clothing. It's very comfortable. Yes. Um, of, of being a little bit more accepting of whatever comes our way, because obviously, the, uh, not whatever comes our way, but the things we cannot change. Here we are. It's 2022. We've been in a pandemic for two years. And, you know, there are going to be times when we can't necessarily do all of the things that we want to do. So maybe, you know, accepting what we can't change and, and maybe trying to focus on what we can. Yeah, definitely. So basically asking everybody to kind of share if they're willing to. Yeah. And if you don't want to, you can say, I don't want to. I'm not interested. Yeah. (laughs) You can definitely say that. Leave me alone. Say, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. <laughs> that is totally okay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Somebody said you can't force acceptance any uh, any ways to feel it internally, and I think interesting that acceptance is both. People talk about it as an emotional experience, which there is, I I think I can appreciate the emotional experience that comes with acceptance, genuine acceptance, but acceptance is behavioral. And the good news there is that we have total control over whether or not we choose to accept something in any given moment. Let's choose to surrender instead of to continue to fight. Right. And I mean, conceptually, the acceptance is very easily understood, right? Like we get the concept and we can explain it pretty clearly to people, but to then implement it and then it's the willingness, right? Am I willing to accept this thing? Am I willing to? And usually if you are, it's followed by a lot of feelings of not having control, which Spoiler alert, you didn't have control to begin with, but um, <laughs> it's true, you know, but it's like you can't unsee what you now know to be true, which is you don't have control and you never did. So we yeah. might as well find acceptance in it. 
and, yeah. and really find peace there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially around the things that we cannot change to, you know, round that out. Right. Like the, obviously there are things that we can control because I see somebody mentioning that in the comments and, um, and doing our best to show up for ourselves in that respect is great. And there are so many things outside of our control. And if we can sort of release into that, we're so much better off, like you were saying. Right. And I think this person is maybe saying like their behavioral choice is their control. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. One thing that Which because yes, absolutely. Like making choices and being deliberate and deciding that your thoughts and feelings are not going to control your life. That's yeah. Taking taking control in, in that capacity is what it's all about. I think one thing I wanted to ask you, because I think that there is this emotional component to acceptance, like what we were talking about before. And sometimes it's helpful from my vantage point to think of like images or words even that elicit this emotional experience of acceptance. So, oh, are you there? Sorry, someone oh. called. They interrupted. How rude! That's how, how rude. <laughs> but I, no, I was I was saying that sometimes words or images can support in this willingness to 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 be with whatever it is to accept that it is how it is. So, for instance, there's this beautiful sculpture. Uh, I think her name is Paige Hulse. The the artist and it's a, a woman who's actually nude and sitting in the Lotus position. And it, it has a, um, a feel of Kintsugi, the art where they drop mm. pottery and then they glue it back mm. together with gold. And so basically the statue has been broken and then pieced back together. And there's a light emanating from inside her. And for me, this is, that's what I know the one, Lauren. You know what I'm, yeah, of course you do, because I'm sure I sent <laughs> it to you. Yeah, I think that that feeling of just like, oh, right, like watching it pour out of you, and I to to sort of key into the okay, here I am, I surrender, I accept, this is what it is. I, I'm not going to try and fight it anymore. Um, so that, or even the the words like release or soften or relax into or surrender that that keying into the experience of acceptance from a some sort of an emotional side can be helpful it's not always necessarily going to be accessible to you but um, it's certainly one way in yeah I think if we're looking at it like physically um there's research that shows that if you put your shoulders back and you Mm -hmm. open your body up and in DVT, they'd say like willing hands, they call Mm -hmm. it like willing hands, which a lot of people uh, are opposed to and they feel really resentful just like they would with half smiling (laughs) techniques. But there's, it's, it's actually proven that those things can help facilitate acceptance, right? They can physically send 
signs back, like messages to your brain saying, okay, like this is okay. We're okay. We're not, this is probably a false alarm. So yeah, for sure. sure. Biofeedback. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And meditating too with hands open, right? Palms up and being embracing whatever emotion and thoughts come your way, whether they're uncomfortable or not, is like willing to stay there in that, that position. Yeah. Receptive. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, sort of adding to that, uh, I saw actually somebody post about this. I can't think of his name, Corey Mascara. There it is. Uh, earlier today, like uh, that reflected back on something that I read about in radical acceptance by Tara Brock this idea of, and this too, so that whenever Mm. something comes up, it's just, oh, and this too, this is, and this is what's happening now. And it's not that you have to like it or even, you know, that you're saying it's going to be like this forever, but just to, that's another way in, right? Yeah. And this too, this is happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not the, of course this is happening. (laughs) Right. Which also has its place though, in a, like a playful oh, sense totally. of like, Oh, oh hey, you're of course here. this was here. Cause I'm of sure course. we have said that a lot. I imagine we have, we've said it to each other a lot. That's for sure. Yeah. So okay. any um, other thoughts? I think we're kind of winding down on this topic. Any questions from people before we bid you an adieu? And as a reminder, you can find this on all the podcast apps we had mentioned earlier. Yes. So Podbean and Spotify, iTunes, whatever podcasts and (laughs) Google podcasts and YouTube also, which we've been on YouTube for a good long while now, but um, you can find us on all of them. So somebody did ask a question uh, about existential OCD. And yes, I mean, it can certainly cover the fear of death or oh, the, yes. like, what happens after we die. Um, that's actually how my OCD first, <laughs> first came and introduced itself to me when I was six <laughs> or seven. It's like, right. oh, did you Have you ever that you're thought gonna... <laughs> that it's just dark? Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe it's not. Maybe you won't like that. Yes. So yes, existential OCD. It's also about things like the nature of reality. So um, what if we're living in the matrix, for instance, which I watched the new one, by the way. Oh, is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's good. So that it can also just involve like, am I living my life right? Or Right. And we could even say that... um, a lot of subtypes of OCD fall under existential stuff, right? Like it's all an existential crisis. A lot of it is right. Relationship OCD, um, harm OCD, like who am I? Yeah. A lot of identity. Yeah. Yeah. It's existential crisis is what it is. Identity stuff. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, Lauren's talked a lot about the concentric circles and they all kind of, Touch on diagrams, each other. Yeah. which by the way, if you look at the show notes, 
<laughs> on our website. Yeah. I've actually created some of the Venn diagrams. If you look at some of the different subtypes, because they're, it's all the same thing. Like we've said, and we'll say on uh, going on. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and all the episodes aren't loaded yet either. We're doing one. No, they day. actually are. They're all uploaded. Oh. All, we're up to date. Sorry. Oh, probably should have told you that. Yeah. I was like, well, last week it wasn't. Okay. Our, our show notes are not, but our episodes, all of them are, are now live on all of the podcast wow. apps. So just, yeah, zoop. there they are. So, wow. yeah. So yes, but, uh, back to the person who asked a while back, probably at the beginning, uh, if, if you have any ideas or thoughts about things we haven't covered or would like to request that we go back over something that, you know, and talk about it again, we are more than happy to uh, accommodate and field your requests because this is ultimately something that we hope will serve you. Um, so it is for you. Yeah, well, exactly. Like this is, <laughs> yeah, it's for you. So let us yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, let, let us know what you would like to hear more about and yeah. we'll do our best. Yes. Okay. Shall on, we? On that note, don't have the most perfect year ever. No nope. one. Good enough year. Have the good enough year. (laughs) Um, Be kind to yourself. That's what I posted yesterday, by the way, on Instagram. Did you? (laughs) Have a good good enough new year. Not a great one, just an okay one. Just an okay one. And be kind to yourself. Mm, Please. Yes. It's important. It's everything. It is. This life thing, is it's hard. So, you know. We can cover, yeah, we can cover acceptance more. Yeah, we could do a whole, maybe we'll do that next week. An episode done. on acceptance in, in OCD. Consider it done. Bam. All right. Goodbye, dear. Thank Goodbye. you for everything. And thank you all for joining us. We yes. hope to see you next week. Yes. Right. See you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD. 